At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 has been the year to rediscover the outdoors. And Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of RVs. That's travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV. There it is. For <laughs> for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Uh, you take a week off and you forget yeah, just the say. <laughs> ad that you have memorized for like ever. Um, I will say this. I have an RV from Mid-America RV and it's it's badass. And honestly, it's, it's a, like a little 14 foot toy hauler with a tip out bed. This thing. And when I got it from our guy, Josh, Josh uh, Smoots, he said, people are going to stop you and want to know where you got it. So just tell me you got it from me. And I'm like, OK, buddy, sure. Ooh. Swear to God, I was at a rest stop in Wyoming, ran in to take a leak come out and this guy approaches my fiance and I, and he goes, I promise I'm not a creep, which by the way, yeah, just if don't you start. approach someone outside of a rest stop leading with, <laughs> I promise I'm not a creep is a great way to ensure that my hand goes to my pocket knife. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I want Where'd you get your trailer? So sure enough, this damn trailer from mid America RV, my FedEx guy knocked on my door the other day with a package, but he waited for me because he wanted to ask me where I got the trailer. The neighbor who lives across the street from me that turned our chief's bus in for being an eyesore and a violation on the street when it was parked, he came and asked me about it. I'm like, oh, we're friends now, I guess? He's going to forget that you let the air out of the tire of my bus? Like, okay, we're cool. (laughs) Sounds like some neighborhood drama. That's why I'm moving. So it's not really. But um, (laughs) if you get yourself a trailer, people are going to want to know where you got it. So... Just I'm saying. super glad that you got a laugh out of Mello because we've had some technical difficulties today, and I think he just really needed that laugh. So I appreciate you getting Actually, that laugh out of him. Oh, Mello's computer do th- does not want to work today. Did he do that on purpose? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Mello is struggling today. We have a great interview with Eric Galco, the director of football ops for the Shrine Game. Mello's in like some of the interview and hopefully here he comes coming back in i really hope producer i'm going to kill someone today if this fucking thing breaks again on me i'm not going to be a part of this podcast today why is it always when like you're supposed to talk it's like always right when like mellow's supposed to be up forsaken technology (laughs) screw this thing let's yeah i'm back (laughs) let's get into it uh Wow. Um, name, image, likeness, and trailers. Yeah. So name, well, image, no, likeness is, is one week later. We're, we're in on that. What I have not seen yet are any athletes sponsored by Manscaped yet because I feel like they there's tweeted. an opportunity there. They yep. tweeted about it and asked if somebody wanted to be, and I don't know if someone has yet, but I did see that there was a tweet out to see. But for now, if you don't have an athlete sponsor, you can use two guys, two guys 20 to get 20% off just in case right. you need it. I actually saw they have this new marketing campaign and it's at, I think it's at JFK, the airport in New York. And it was like, 
only smooth landings or something like that, and it's a oh, Manscaped ad at the airport. That's pretty like, good. Yeah, that's clever. Nailed that's it. Pretty good. Their ad copy is very good. Like Paige said, uh, promo code two guys twenty. That's T W O G U Y S twenty. Yeah, I can spell, and you get twenty percent off of your lawnmower four which they hooked Mellow and I up with some. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Uh, I don't need to to tell you how great they are. Mellow will show you how great they are. But speaking of name, image, likeness, we've seen a lot of players inking deals now that they are essentially professionals. And we saw this like at midnight, July one. Yep. Players were signing deals, and you know uh, the Minnesota quarterback uh, had already, or excuse me, the Wisconsin quarterback had already like trademarked a logo that like went into effect at midnight. I mm-hmm. think what's most impressive is. It's just how intelligent these players are. And here's what actually upsets me about name image likeness on social media. Everyone's like, who's going to tell them they have to pay taxes? (laughs) No shit. Of course they have to pay taxes. Everyone has to pay taxes. Try not to see what happens. So it's just, it's so insulting that these athletes, these student athletes, people are like, oh my God, but they're going to pay taxes. Yeah. So does the student who's working at Starbucks to pay their way through school. They figured it out. What, what are we saying? These athletes are stupid, that they're different than any other 20-year-old. They don't know the, the deal here. So I'm excited. This was way too late in happening, but it's here now. And it's great to see, you know, Spencer Rattler signing a deal with Canes, you know, chicken strips. You've oh, got so entire good. offensive line groups being sponsored by barbecue spots, which is amazing. You have some dude trying to sponsor the entire Miami Hurricane football team. Like, <laughs> I really love watching this. And I'm ready for us to sponsor a player. I think two guys are growing a podcast okay. and the draft scout. We need to go in together and get ourselves a player. Just swag them out. You know, like we can get interviews each week. That's actually a great idea. Hoodies, you know, things like that. So I'm ready. I just want it to be a player who I, who like, we need to find a player who really is like the, per, you know, the persona of who we are as brands. We just got to find the right player. Okay. So if you're a, a player, a college player or college athlete listening to this, and you're like, you know what? Those are my people. <laughs> I would love to be sponsored by them. Yeah. Let me know. Matt here's at the, DraftScout.com. Here's the other thing is that they can come on the podcast each week and give us a little tidbit of what's going on with them and actually get access, right. which would be kind of cool as well. They could promote their other stuff. So yep. it can't be an Oklahoma player. That's my only rule. Sorry. If Spencer oh, Rattler's shoot. like, hey, so Spencer, I can't text him you could text him all you want. It's not about coming on this show. So ain't you would, you, you would have Spencer Rattler on the show. You just don't want to sponsor him as an athlete. Yes. Nope. Don't. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. You if asked me you guys, if I would have him on. <laughs> I don't know. If, if you guys, if you guys could be sponsored by one thing, what would it be? Somebody asked us that last week, but you guys were obviously gone. What would you, who would you sign with? What brand? Besides Manscaped Boulevard and Mid-America RV. Yeah, Casey's Boulevard is my answer. Yeah, probably Casey's, to be honest. Oh, pizza? Gas is expensive. Oh, pizza is amazing. It's more than pizza. Sorry, I, I only bre- got to experience I had breakfast it. from there this morning. Oh, nice. I got Melody, too. He's getting his trash can. Uh, biscuits and gravy? Biscuits and gravy? Dude. Wait, watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh, I'm glad you guys are going through your trash. This is... <laughs> Same <laughs> breakfast today. <laughs> I had to take cold medicine. I needed food. Oh my god. That's gosh. amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm so, glad. No you free guys ads, but like so hey, all right. So yeah. if they do want to to sponsor Actually, us, they totally can. And my other one would be Joe's, the barbecue spot in Kansas City. Oh, and I like I made Joe's. a joke about like I see all these linemen getting sponsored by barbecue places and I'm waiting for Joe's to call me. 
they slid my DMs and they were like, hey, we love yeah. what you're doing, raising money for teachers. We'll give you five $200 like barbecue kits. We'll send them anywhere Dang. in the country. You just tell us who wins them. It's $1,000 for the barbecue. So I was like, can okay. I win? So you, I, you guys know I love away. Jones. <laughs> yeah, so I got 40. Mine. Yeah, 40 give away. Weird. I, yeah, it's so weird. They only sent four. It's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. The thing I wanted to mention about the taxes things, I was thinking about this as people were saying, and I'm like, this might give a recruiting advantage to, I don't think it will, but if mm-hmm. you're a, a player and you're trying to be savvy with your money, it could give an advantage to Texas and Florida and places like that yep. where there's no income tax. You see it in the NFL too. Is, yeah. I think Tennessee is another right. one where Tennessee yeah. players are like, man, like maybe I do want to go be uh, a cowboy or a Titan or I'm not up to date <laughs> hey, on all my taxes, is, but this is huge for Vanderbilt. They're really going to come up in the yeah. SEC. Maybe Tennessee will finally like be back. I, I, I know they're like <laughs> the second tier UT, but maybe, maybe some players would. I don't, I don't think a lot of them will. I don't think you're like, man, I'd, like to go to Alabama, but I don't want to pay taxes down there, so I'm going to Knoxville. But maybe it might be like a tiebreaker thing. Like, oh, I was considering Vanderbilt and Stanford or whatever, and now you want to go to Vanderbilt. Yeah, you're going to get super right. tax here. Uh, I'm a <laughs> little distracted that. because the Big 12 Media Day player attendee list just came out, and I know this is not in our rundown because it just came out. Guess who's not on the list? Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Rattler. Really? Not on the list. Yeah, they are. Um, for Oklahoma, it will be Jeremiah Hall and Nick Benito. So usually it's like one guy offense, one guy defense. Like for Iowa no. State, it's Brees Hall and Greg Eisworth. That's who you would expect. Yeah. For Texas, it's Bijan Robinson and uh, Keontre Coburn. Wow. That's about what you would expect. That's kind of new, no though. because Spencer Rattler. It, with some teams, they will only take seniors. I don't know if maybe that's Oklahoma saying yeah. he's not actually a senior. He's a, I think he's technically yeah. a redshirt sophomore. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of teams won't. And in the past, Texas would not take a lot of those guys either. I think they let Ellinger go as like a junior, but obviously new coaching staff yeah. there. Uh, it's yeah. cool to see Bijan there. getting I mean, getting his name out there uh, for Heisman Talks because some of the voters will be at some of these media days. But right. that's that's cool. Man, with Rattler, I would assume that maybe that's a uh, – don't want him to a go because thing. he's not a senior or yeah. maybe he's too well, busy with his name image likeness deals. Let's not. Yeah, or he was like, I'm going to need 25 yeah. to come no. to the interview. Sorry. No, no free interviews. No free interviews. He's donating half of what he makes to charity. So you I'm can't not, shit on I, this kid. I don't care how much money he makes. I'm just saying he's. Yes. Everybody's saying he's the most but the other thing player is, in college football. Make your money. Yeah. Sometimes they also send people who are not like the biggest of names because they want to give guys other opportunity to go and experience these things. That could be. I just like to poke Paige anytime I can because Provoke. I think I, Spencer Rattler is horribly overrated. Okay, yeah, I'm just not going to react. It was funny. I was actually on a podcast and someone was asking me about like, they're like, it seems like you're like the little sister of the group. And I'm like, yeah, I am because I have, they poke the bear and they know what they're doing. And that's why it's the way it is, is because you guys do that. So I had someone ask me, is there a player from Arizona that Paige doesn't like? And I was like, (laughs) no, I can't. In terms of basketball or? No, like athletes from like that area. I couldn't think of one. I uh, yes, but I would never say it <laughs> on camera. On okay. I like everybody. That's Mello. Same. 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 Yeah, me too. Uh, everybody exactly. says that. About uh, me. So someone that Mello really, really liked, and we all have to own Speaking our misses of on the show. I have a lot of them. Speaking of, uh, Nikhil Harry 
Mellows, wide receiver one back in the day. Mm -hmm. Listen, it didn't work in New England. Someone who was so great at the catch point in college gets to the NFL, and it just ain't working for him. Can't separate, and his quarterback won't throw him the ball when he's covered, so he can't show off that catch point skills. And his agent actually put out a statement essentially saying that. Like, this guy was dominant in college at the catch point. He was one of the best receivers in college. He was first-round pick. We want a new scene. So Nikhil Harry has requested a trade from the New England Patriots. I don't expect there to be a super hot market for him. But in terms of fits for him, I actually do think, and I'm not just saying this because of Mello or because of where I'm sitting right now. This has Brett Veach written all over it. Because what does Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, love to do? He loves to trade late-round picks for former early round picks. And I've had a conversation with him about it. And he'll say, I would rather send a sixth or seventh round pick for a player that we at one point had around one or two grade on. Why not see if we can fix them with who he believes is the best coach in the NFL and Andy Reid, a great offensive system. And we've seen them do this with offensive and defensive players where they will bring in Reggie Ragland. They'll bring in Cameron Irving. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. DeAndre Baker, right, exactly. So I do think Nikhil Harry would be a great fit in Kansas City where they don't have a big-bodied wide receiver. Sammy Watkins was their big receiver last year. That's how small this wide receiver core is. I also think that the Green Bay Packers, I know they have have depth at wide receiver. I'm not saying Nikhil Harry is going to come in there and steal targets from Devontae Adams or even Equinemia St. Brown, but give them more depth and another big body where I would almost just put him in the slot and make him like, almost a small tight end at this point. Yeah, I agree with you there. I do think it's a a need for a change of scenery for both. And, you know, two years in the league, I believe. And he has been a a huge letdown. Like you said, he was my wide receiver one. He's just not lived up to the hype. And maybe it's a bad fit in the offense. Maybe he's just a bad player. Uh, But I I think that early in in your career, maybe you just try to switch things up and say, hey, it's not working here. Like, I'm not going to spend – you know, two to three more years here in New England where it's not working out, it's time for a change of scenery. And, you know, obviously playing with quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers, that would be huge uh, for anybody. I mean, he was playing with Cam Newton last year, but, you know, getting to those offenses and, like, with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it would be a perfect fit. Not because I'm a fan of the Chiefs and the player, but they do need another big receiver. And like you said with Veach, he likes to give up some picks for guys that were – First rounder. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I don't know what kind of pick I would want the Chiefs to give up for him. And I don't know what the market is. I, I think you could probably give up a six or seven. I can't imagine New yeah. England's too happy with what they've seen out of him. And I, I thought I saw a report maybe last week even that they didn't know if he was going to make the roster in New England. So it might not even be a, oh, we want to trade for this guy. It might be a, we're going to wait till he gets cut. Yeah, and they probably want to put that out there. His team probably wants to put that out there before that actually happens, so it's, mm-hmm. it makes it more of an enticing deal. But um, he's probably part of one of the most traumatic Arizona losses that I've ever experienced, so I could take this opportunity to hate on him, but I actually hope this all works out. And I, I we're seeing this more so um, in the last couple of years is just players being unhappy, saying they're unhappy, and trying to figure it out. And I'm hoping that more guys get the opportunity and hoping for the best for him. But um, speaking of Devontae Adams, uh, he mentioned that he would sort of love to play with Derek Carr eventually in his career. And his best bud um, said, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to get him here and I'll buy him a car, all those things. Um, 
I feel like this is, I mean, with the uncertainty of Aaron Rodgers, I feel like it's fair for him to say these things. Do you think the Green Bay Packers are going to be upset about this? And do you think they take advantage of the opportunity or do you think they keep him around? Because again, he his contract is up next year, but they can still franchise, yeah. still franchise tag him and things like that. But I think, do you take advantage of this if you're the Green Bay Packers or is it something you want to keep that guy in your team? This is something we talked about yesterday on our radio show, Mic'd Up, uh, Mello and I. And my thing is, if you – so Aaron Rodgers, I do think will play for the Packers this year. I do. I, but I think this will be his last year. So I think he's gone after this year. So if you know Aaron Rodgers is gone, and you have to look at Devontae Adams and be like, will he want to stay and play with Jordan Love? Someone who he's never played with before. And Jordan Love will only have two years left on his contract at that point, right? Uh, two to three. Uh, so it's like – does Devontae Adams, who will be 29 years old after this season, is he someone that the Packers think will stay around? So I actually view this as, and I know that this is going to get clipped out. People are going to be like, what the hell did he just say? If I were the Green Bay Packers, I would trade Devontae Adams now instead of losing him to free agency and only getting a third-round compensatory pick. Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in football. So producer Matt, please get all that, not just the hot take part. He might be the best receiver in football, and but if you're going to lose him in a year, I think it's smarter to get a first-round pick for him now than a third-round pick for him later, especially if you're losing Aaron Rodgers. Now, normally you would say, well, if we have him for this year, we are a Super Bowl team. You are a Super Bowl team with him. But if you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers, like you have to start thinking long-term here, and you have to start thinking about the reload that you're going to need to do at wide receiver. So I, I, I would say it's better to get rid of a player now for more than get less for them in a year. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you, too. And, and, you know, with Devontae oh. Adams, it sucks for Green Bay fans yeah, okay. because it's like your quarterback doesn't want to play there. Your receiver might want out as well. Uh, it, it's tough, but you might have to do it early. Yeah, You know, I compared it to Carmelo Anthony on radio yesterday when, you know, he wanted out and he said, I'm going to the Knicks. Like, you can trade me to the Knicks or I'll leave here in free agency. And I think Devontae Adams – could possibly do the same thing where he says, I'm going to Las Vegas. I want to play with Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers is gone. So you can either trade me there and get as much as you can, or I'm just going to go there eventually in free agency anyway. I mean, it might be a bold move because I think he's like 28, 29 years old. But um, maybe you should. Maybe the Packers should explore it. I would at least, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I would try to be like filing tampering charges against them. I don't know if you can because it's a player, but it's like, hey, you guys need to shut up. We want Devontae Adams here. We don't need Derek Carr saying he's going to buy him a car and all this other stuff. We want Devontae Adams, I would assume, regardless of who the quarterback is. If I'm the Raiders, I'm calling. I'm going, hey, yeah. what do you want? Or you have to. What do we now? do? Yeah. 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 Like you, there's just you. Well, I mean, some people it may not be that obvious of a choice, okay? Um, but I think you're absolutely right, Matt, and I agree with you. And Melo, I agree with you, and I just thought it was very strange that all three of us agree on something um, for the first time in a really long time uh, as it relates Maybe to football. Ever. But um, Derek Carr actually also said in this interview that he has been told that he was not the MFer that Tom Brady was referring to. Do we believe that? I believe that. I do. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Okay. I never thought it was Derek Carr. I know everybody like thinks I'm just being a hater. I still think it was Jimmy Garoppolo. So, and I think and it was I still a playful. Think it's Mitch like, Trubisky. That one works too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. 
Like I've called Mello an MFer before. We share a mother, by the way. <laughs> and it's like sometimes that's a playful, like it's almost a term of endearment. Like this MFer over here, that's me trying not to curse on the podcast anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's not always a bad thing. It was like you can call someone that and it be a like a positive term of endearment. And a negative. You know, it can I've, go either way. It's I've a very versatile word. <laughs> it's the best word. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna let you guys know. Don't please don't refer to me as an mf'er because that probably wouldn't go well. But um, yeah, I'm, it seemed like a playful manner, so I don't think it was that bad. But just thought it was interesting that Derek Carr said he had been told that it was not him. Like this is something everyone I, was talking about amongst the players. Like who wasn't? I just want to see Derek Carr say mf'er. Like not like we're saying it. I don't think he would do it. He's I like he way either. too nice, uh, which right? isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, but, but he, I don't think there are worse things. Yeah. Um, guys, <laughs> now we're just waiting. You can text someone and see if you can get a like audio recording of it or something. Cameo. Cameo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, oh, my gosh. Now I'm thinking, I imagine a lot of college football players are doing cameos. Oh, yeah. You can make decent money on that. Yeah, Do you, are someone... you on Cameo, Matt? I feel like that would be. No, I'm not. Okay. No. Let us no. know if you want Matt to make a cameo. And Melo and I will just send him ridiculous things, too, to say. <laughs> it's not the worst idea, you know? No. Yeah, I think it'd be funny. Yeah. Could I'm, be really I'm entertaining. Um, you guys, this week, uh, the match was played, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were both there. I know you guys said you didn't watch the actual event, but what did you see on social media that you guys liked? The discussion with Aaron Rodgers sort of... Basically not saying anything like he has been and alluding to a lot of different things. Any clues as to where the situation is from what Aaron and how he reacted? Or was it just, eh, nothing to, eh. nothing to look into? I honestly think that some of the, like, excitement around the match, I think we saw this year that, like, it's the lead-up. It's like planning a trip is more fun than taking a trip sometimes. The lead-up to the match is better than the match. Like, all the trash talk on social media, like that was better than any golf that was played by we far. We didn't watch it so you wouldn't know, but. <laughs> it's still golf, so it wasn't going to be good either way. But like I didn't see anyone talking about the actual golf being played. All I saw was the Tom Brady memes were more popular than the actual event. And like I, my plan was to like social media through the match and then NBA finals, right? Like I was mm -hmm. just going to kind of like keep an eye on it that way. So like I was actually tuned in and like trying to like keep up with it and I do think that it's still a thing where the the trash talk leading up to it and the social media is better than the actual event. So, like, even Tom Brady, after the fact, making memes about how he shouldn't have run his mouth, like, that was the best part, is Brady being like, I got to raise my hand because I'm actually not that good at golf. Like, that was the funny part for me. I couldn't tell you anything that Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady did other than the missed putt from Brady. That's all I got. Yeah. I think a lot of people were trying to get, like, you're not going to trick Aaron Rodgers into, like, slipping up and being like, nope, not playing week right. one. And I, I know, like, as a broadcaster, you kind of have to ask the question, but, like, can we stop? Like, he, we're not going to trick him. You're not going to do it. He's, you can't be like, hey, who do you think is going to be the quarterback of the Packers on September 12th? Like, he's smarter than that. You know, it's a cow. Like, stop it. So it's, it's just getting, to the point where it's annoying. I have Aaron Rodgers fatigue where I yes. just stop asking him. Like, he's going to play. He's going to be the quarterback of the Packers week one. Like, as Tom Brady said, like, he has no options. They're not trading him. He's not going to retire. He's going to be the quarterback. Yeah. 
I think it was all in good fun. I did think it was actually pretty entertaining to watch him try and answer those questions because, again, in the sense of, like, we all know how Aaron Rodgers is. He was talking about, like, heart chakras and basically called Bryson DeChambeau crazy, which is hilarious because we all know how Aaron Rodgers is, and if he's calling Bryson too much and saying he's overthinking things, then maybe Bryson should check himself. Um, And also, I didn't know that Aaron Rodgers was that good of a golfer. I think that was a surprise because out of everyone, he doesn't play the most, I think, and is more of a hobby. But I think in Hawaii, he was actually practicing for this. Um, And he played really well. So that was something on the golf side of things that I think people were surprised about. But I enjoyed just being able to hear these guys talk. I think that's like a dream for everyone. And it's less about, you're right, like the sport itself. It's more about them driving around a golf course and shooting the shit and being able to talk. And like, that's the stuff that we as fans, you know, we hear them in interview settings. And of course this is a controlled setting, but there are a lot of things that they get to say in these settings that they normally wouldn't say in a sit down interview like this. Um, And there are things that like the golfers were going or are willing to say to them and ask that maybe some broadcasters aren't because it's just, they know that they'll won't get access or things like that based on it. And so I really enjoyed One, Phil doing that. I think Tom trolling Aaron Rodgers was very, very entertaining. And then if for those that are golf fans that listen to our podcast, the fact that Phil Mickelson was literally making fun of Bryson and he, like, didn't know. Like, he was, like, trying to have him explain things and do stuff. And, like, he was legitimately making fun of him um, was very entertaining as a a golf fan and somebody who loves the the Brooks and Bryson uh, rivalry. But I enjoyed it. I think it was a good good showing and we were able to hear those guys just hang out and i be miss dudes. peyton manning like i yeah. never thought i'd say that <laughs> and it, it is i do have aaron Rodgers fatigue big time uh, and he was he, good golfer uh, man there are a lot of people i'd rather have had in that spot i think just with all the drama going on surrounding him wanting out of green bay and like the fact that he's not really said a whole lot about it and, and it's in the media every day like i really missed peyton manning who his like peyton's dry humor is amazing like aaron Rodgers, not a funny guy Maybe they go after like Eli next year, you know, because the Mannings always bring up that Eli beat him twice in the Super Bowl. I, you need somebody else that's yeah. gonna feed into the shit talk with Tom Brady. Like if you can get Brady yep. back for another year and like his if memes get, and stuff, right? Or Brady Mahomes. Like, yeah, I think that one. would be ideal. Like, but I, I've heard rumors. I'll just say that I've just I've heard rumors. Patrick so. is playing in Tahoe this weekend, right? Yes. Nice. Yes. Love that. Love that. Yep, um, speaking of California, guys, something that didn't really need to come up, but it's off season, so it's going to come out, um, is that Matthew Stafford to the Niners was sort of in play. I guess the, the rumor is that Kyle Shanahan was watching film on him, and that's maybe the play they were going to make before going ahead, which... I mean, we obviously at the Seizure Bowl heard rumblings of something like this, but I don't know that this is along the same lines. What are your thoughts, and would have you have been happier with that situation? Matt? I think that every NFL coach who needed a quarterback was watching film on Matthew Stafford. Okay. Now, I thought the, the interview that Peter Schrager had with Kyle Shanahan was really well done. Peter's great at getting these guys to open up. Um, but I do think, like, this is not groundbreaking news that Kyle Shanahan was watching film on Matthew Stafford. When Matthew Stafford requested a trade, his agent probably called Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Bill Belichick. It was like, hey, this guy's going to be available. So you need to start thinking about what that's going to look like for you. So 
yeah, it's f- smart for Kyle to be like, let me hop on Game Pass or whatever and check a couple games out and see what I could do with him, you know? And so that's not groundbreaking news to me. What would I have preferred? I don't know. Um, it's tough because you guys, I mean, we all love Trey Lance. Like he was your guy's number two quarterback. He was my number three quarterback. Love Trey Lance. And I think his potential is through the roof. But with Matthew Stafford, you know what you're getting. The thing with Matthew Stafford is, I don't know if he's a good quarterback or not. And I don't know if anyone knows if he's a good quarterback or not. He is this weird like line in like where you rank quarterbacks. He's the guy where you're like, is he like, is he 10? Is he 12? Like where, where do you put him? And so I, I think with that, you would have just like we're getting with the Rams. When Stafford goes to a team with a better supporting cast and a better coach, it elevates him. Now people are talking about him as like, they could be a Super Bowl team. He yeah. could be an MVP candidate. I think that would have been the same in San Francisco, but you know, he is, I believe, 30 years old uh, or 32 years old, maybe. So I, I do like the long-term play better for San Francisco of having Trey Lance. It's just, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer there. Like I would have been good with either one, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. And I think with, you know, Shanahan watching film on him or whatever, I, this is kind of like news where you find out that like, oh, the Patriots, you know, back in the day with Tom Brady are watching quarterbacks. And then people yeah. are like, are they going to replace him? It's like, no, they're just doing their job of like, okay, this guy's available. Yeah. Let's watch some film on him. And maybe the 49ers would have made a push for him. But, you know, they gave up a lot to move up to get Trey Lance. So I think if they really wanted to get Matt Stafford, they probably would have. But they yeah. might have just put on the Trey Lance tape and said, no, this is the guy that we're going up to get. This is the guy who's going to be around for the next 15 years that we want. So I, I think that it's it's July and there's not a lot of NFL news. Yep. So we kind of <laughs> attack these things when there's any little bit of inkling of like, ooh, could this be controversy? Could this you know gain some traction? And that's what we saw happen. Yeah, it's definitely talk-in season. Um, that I, I just was like, why did I need to know that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't need to go back and, especially yeah. having been so traumatized by the whole Mac Jones thing and the situation with everything and just <laughs> like coming it. to terms. Yeah, and coming to terms. What like, I thought that's was what more go ahead. telling though was Kyle saying that he thought Julio Jones was going to the Rams. Like, I thought that was the bigger thing because then it was like, oh shit, that would have been crazy. That would have been nuts. Like, they got Julio? <laughs> like, come on, that's not fair. So, I, to me, that was the one where, because obviously, you know, Kyle and Sean are close. Uh, they've worked together. Uh, they're, uh, you know, families have worked together. So for him to think like, yeah, I thought Julio was going to the Rams. Like that was more telling to me than, yeah, I was watching tape on Stafford in Mexico or whatever. Like, okay, that's, that's cool. Good job. That throw into the pizza oven was the most impressive Kyle Shanahan thing I've seen all week. I know. Right? I'm, I forgot to put that in the rundown, but that was He's awesome. He's got an arm. Yeah. I think people forget uh, he played receiver too. Like he's kind of yeah. like, I don't know, got a reputation of being like a quarterback guy or he looks like a quarterback and he was a yeah. receiver at the good old University right. of Texas. Right? Congrats <laughs> to you guys. Right? Um, right? Maybe he should play a quarterback in movies because, guys, the Kurt <laughs> Warner movie's trailer came out. And we've talked about this on this podcast before. But what is it about football and Hollywood that just can't get it together? I mean, I think it's just sports in general, but football being the hardest to sort of make look natural. I know it's like what they say is like stuff when you pose for pictures, like it's mostly posed unnatural, but it looks natural coming through. Why can't we figure that out? And are you guys excited to see this movie, though? No, I'm not excited to see this movie at all. Um, 
will only see it if it's to make fun of it or to do like a review. Um, I feel like your kids would enjoy it. I'm not. No. No. <laughs> my no. My kids would not enjoy that at all. Um, my son is a like, uh, and I say this as a fellow nerd. My son is a nerd. He's not going to watch a Kurt Warner biopic. That ain't happening. He's begging to watch it right now. Like that's what Emmett is interested in. So um, he's watching Stranger Things at home right now. A kid is a nerd. He's going to be a computer programmer. Can't wait. Um, but why can't Hollywood get it right? What this tells me is most actors have never played sports. Like yep. it's that simple, you know. And like this guy who's playing Kurt Warner. Like I, I watched the trailer. I don't know. The uniforms are terrible, by the way. But then, like, it's just, have you ever watched someone throw a football? And, like, you don't even have to be, like, a professional football player. But, like, have you actually thrown a football before? Did mom or dad take you in the backyard as a kid and be like, let's throw the ball around? You know? Like, like when you just audition that, just that. for this movie, like, I get it. Acting is a, a hard thing to do. It's a skill. I was going to say. For a, a football movie or any athletic movie, you almost just need to, like, take them out to the field or the court and be like, hey, is this going to look natural? Can you actually play this part? Because I feel like that's pretty important that any NFL or football fan now is like, ugh, that didn't look good. Like, the story is great. He's got a great story. Yes, but, amazing like, story. You're not pulling in football fans because they're looking at it and like, okay, that's corny. I already know the story. Yep. You're not really telling me anything new. And then, you know, the on-field stuff, just, it looks it looks really bad so far. Yeah. I mean, I obviously love these sort of movies with a very, like, sentimental story behind it. And we'll obviously be seeing it. But I just, I mean, they have to have people that have trained these. The guy that plays the lead, I think he was in, like, a superhero movie. So it's not like he's, like, completely unathletic. But it just it speaks to the nature of, like, how athletic pro athletes actually are. And you, I mean, you probably can't teach a pro athlete to be an actor. We've seen that plenty of times. Um, but Shaq would disagree. <laughs> Shaq will disagree. What is the movie he's in? Kazam, Shazam. Yeah. What is it called? Yeah. Kazam. Something like That's that. That's a good Kazam. movie. I actually really liked that movie as a kid. Are you guys going to see the new Space Jam? Oh, For wait. Sure. Never mind. That was ridiculous. Wait, you are mellow? Oh, hell yeah. It comes yeah. out like next week. I, yeah. I can't wait. I'm going the day it comes out. <laughs> Back to the movies for the first time. Very excited. Matt, you're really not going to go? No. I'm really not going to go. I really don't like LeBron James, guys. I (laughs) really don't like him. I'm not going to go see him. No. That is new information. I've heard this before. I really don't like LeBron. So, Who Are you guys both rooting for the Suns in the NBA Finals? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I'm rooting for both. Like, really, it's a win-win for me because I I don't care. I'm rooting for the Suns. I found myself kind of cheering them on throughout the playoffs, but I also really like Giannis. So even if the Bucks win, I'm like, oh, good for him. I don't, I don't care who wins. And I told Melo the other day that I am now to the point where I have nothing against Giannis. I think he's a great basketball player. I'm kind of enjoying watching him not win a title. So like, I'm rooting for the Suns. Also love Devin Booker. So. Um, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. I love Giannis. I also picked the Bucks earlier in this, this year on this podcast, and I'm sticking with the team that I have chosen to bandwagon, but also I'm just, like, very protective of Giannis. Um, I feel like he, like, when people are counting down, like, it pains me to watch that. Really? <laughs> um, yes. Oh, I, like, I feel so bad because he's just such a nice person, and I also think, like, what he's doing in a small market and not being, like... No offense to Chris Paul, but, like, he's much older and has had a much longer career. So if this happens, he also has, like, probably a once-in-a-generational player in, actually, maybe even two, um, in terms of Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I'm going to hype Ayton. 
um, as much as I possibly can. And it's weird that I'm I'm not rooting against him. I want him to like do really well, but the Bucks to win, if that makes sense. But yeah, no, I'm glad we got a little bit of basketball in. I know it's a football podcast, but just wanted to to ask you guys if that was the case. Also, just a, a plug that I'm going to throw out there. Um, our friend Mirren Fader wrote a book on Giannis and it comes out in August. So I will plug that because it's, I can tell you it's going to be absolutely amazing. She was a coworker of Matt's and myself and we are, I love her and respect her so much and know how hard, um, she worked to write that book. So definitely going to plug that as well. In there. I would rather hear also, the Giannis story than the Kurt Warner story. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we, so Same. maybe they make Mirren's book into a movie. Love maybe it. That, Let's I'm put that, that out there. Again, I love Kurt Warner. Great guy, great quarterback, awesome story. I just, I don't, I'm not here for Disney biopics. It's just not my thing. I love them. (laughs) Hey, there's an audience for it. I'm definitely in the minority, you know? Watch, my son's going to see a trailer for it on YouTube and be like, hey, can we go watch this football movie? And I'm going to be like, damn it, now we got to go. But we're not watching Space Jam 2. I was going to say, I'm going to send him a link for Space Jam 2. Right? And see if he wants to go. (laughs) Right? It happens. All right, guys. Well, that is our show um, for this week. Like I said, we do have an interview later in this one. I don't know which order we're putting that in. So probably shouldn't have said that, but all well. Um, yeah. it's, it's the beauty of show business here. Um, you guys are going to be gone again next week. Mm-hmm. Again, we will be. You're just gone taking vacation. Again. I'm just going to keep the podcast float. It's fine, guys. No big deal. I'm just kidding. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mello and I will be in Montana next week. So you guys have fun, right? Uh, no, in Glacier. Oh, okay. Okay, I was so, going to say, why uh, work from home? Right, yeah. why work from home when you could be in Glacier? That's what we will be doing at the Under the Big Sky Music Festival. So if anyone's going to be there, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll meet up. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, guys, we are very excited to be joined today by Eric Galco, the Director of Football Operations for the Shrine Bowl. And interviews are something we haven't done a lot of on this podcast because we did so many on a former podcast that Melo and I were part of that uh, we haven't haven't done a lot of that this time around. But we're happy to have Eric on. Eric, first off, congratulations, man, on all your success uh, being named the, the Director of Football Ops for the Shrine Bowl. And then obviously your guys' huge announcement this past week that you are going to Vegas Big move from the the St. Pete area now to to Vegas. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been in the works for a while. So I got brought on sometime in late April, as announced just before the NFL draft. And really since that time, working with the team of the Shriners organization to kind of restart the the engines on, on a possible NFL relationship and really ended up being such a great mutual relationship, mutual partnership that we had to do it. And then obviously going to Vegas is, is not a bad thing either for not only, you know, me personally, but also for the event right. and also for media agents, NFL teams that want to be there. Um, if, if, if Vegas could be a nice little hook as well to have a mini vacation while you're out there for such a great event, that's that's no problem for me. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I have not. Um, sorry, there, Mello. You good? <laughs> nope. Yep. I'm not, but it's all right. <laughs> you go. Um, for those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about what the East West Bowl basically does essentially besides bringing all these great players in to play a game yeah. and to be around other things? It does good for other people as well. Yeah, the, the, the Shrine Bowl is designed for to promote the awareness and the, and the opportunity for people to know about the East West or the Shriners Hospital for Children, which does amazing works, has locations um, all over the country, all over North America. Um, and really to support and raise awareness for, you know, having children um, be supported in the hospital, um, their, their amazing research they provide for children as well, too. So really the, the event, the awareness, whether it raises donations or whether it just raises people knowing what the Shriners Hospital is uh, and the great works they're doing, that's what the goal of the Shrine Bowl really is. And one of the benefits of the week is that our athletes get to go and meet Shrine Bowl Shriners patients and Shriners patient ambassadors and kind of interact with those um, you know, either children or, or young adults who are there to kind of meet with the players. The players get a chance to understand what the Shriners Hospital is all about. And one of the best experiences for me since taking the job is talking to alumni, some of which are NFL Pro Bowlers and All Pros, some of which are Hall of Famers, some of the guys that just played in the Shrine Bowl, played a year in the league and left. And they all consistently mess, uh, talk about that message of, of meeting these patients, understanding that what they can do in football can be much more than just accolades on the field, but actually impact people's lives. And for some athletes, that was the first time that they knew they can do that and work with with people that are either less fortunate or have gone through some trauma in their life as well. So that's what the game's all about. And obviously the focus is on the quarterbacks and the talent and, and all that stuff as well. But um, I try to always make sure that myself as well as people around us and the people at the game don't lose sight of the fact that we're here for a much bigger purpose. And Eric, how did you get involved with the game? I know this is your first year doing it. Yeah. Um, Prior to the Shrine Bowl, I had been working with the XFL as a director of player personnel for the XFL, and obviously, RIP to the XFL. Um, it's uh, it's for all now. gone now. And then, you know, between the XFL, before the XFL, and then that year off, I had been consulting with professional teams and other people in the industry, um, and really kind of came where the Shrine Shriners organization wanted to kind of restart and kind of re-engineer a bit what the Shrine Bowl has been, because really, for this will be the 97th year of the Shrine Bowl for the first 75 years. It was a pillar of the NFL and college offseason. I think it still was one of those pillars, but um, it was kind of hopefully some of the hopefully innovative ideas and creative and bold things we want to get accomplished that I think made us a good fit. And I'm excited to kind of get going. It's only three months in. I feel like I've done a lot of work so far, but there's a lot more to go before uh, before day one of 2022 Shrine Bowl. And Eric, something that like, I mean, for people who don't know, you've worked in this industry for a very long time. I mean, uh, longer yeah. than I have. Uh, Despite the and, baby face. Yeah, I've been around. Right, for a right. <laughs> you have been. And, and, you know, so work, you know, you worked, we worked together at Bleacher Report. You've run Optimum Scouting for a very long time as a consultant and also, you know, doing things on the media side. And I don't, I don't think it's a, it's not a slap in the face to say that the Shrine Bowl, uh, 
previously has been viewed as kind of a secondary bowl to the senior bowl. Yep. One of the big changes you've made is moving the game, obviously, to Las Vegas, but then also the date of the Shrine Bowl is changing. It'll be February 3rd this year, which previously it run it ran the week before the senior bowl. And I think for those of us who are like draft nerds, there's like that immediate excitement, but there's also there is like a domino effect to that because it used to be a guy would go ball out at the shrine and he would get called up to the senior bowl is what we all called it. That yeah. w- seems to be done now. Is that the, the proper way to read this? Certainly. I hope that verbiage is done because it implies a yep. minor league, major league situation. But I think, right. You know, really, the, you know, I, I saw some social media reaction about the date. This wasn't meant to be any sort of highly impactive stepping on turf necessarily. Um, and part of it's because working with the NFL and having NFL be an endorser and a partner with us, um, we're going to help kick off kind of Pro Bowl weekend that they're going to have in Las Vegas. So the Pro Bowl weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Our game is Thursday. It kind of gets a chance to kind of go in there as well. So that's really the impetus for Thursday night football and NFL Network being the Shrine Bowl in that week. It wasn't necessarily meant to impact things. But but really, Matt, you know, we, we want to have a great event. I think the Shrine Bowl is and will be the most important event of the NFL and college offseason this year and moving forward. And I don't want to be I don't want to feel pressured to have other events kind of tell us what we're doing. Obviously, we can't play on Super Bowl Sunday. We can't play on NFC Championship Sunday. Right. But we want to make sure the schedule is going to fit for what we want to accomplish, and what we need to accomplish. And um, I think being in Las Vegas, being a Thursday to Thursday schedule is going to be a bit unique. Um, certainly we want to, you know, I want to have NFL people and media people, um, like yourself experience everything. Cause I think we're going to have such a great event that you're going to love Vegas and view that, Hey, I got to go to the Shrine Bowl again next year. So for me, it's not going to be a, a, Hey, you have to choose now. Um, I think that will come at some point for people internally, whether it's financially, whether it's the opportunity, whether it's the access we're providing, whether it's all the stuff we're going to do at the Shrine Bowl. But at the end of the day, I don't mind people going to both games because I think the Shrine Bowl is going to be a heck of an event. Um, we're excited to have people, you know, experience a lot of things this offseason and be like, hey, you know what? The Shrine Bowl was one I, I definitely can't miss next year and start booking your hotel room for 2023 a bit early. So looking at players going, OK, this is a, a new big step that I can take. How do I get noticed? How do I get myself there? You know, one of the benefits is that for the last year, even before we had the Shrine Bowl, because I was consulting, um, we're way ahead of the curve. And in a lot of ways, myself and our team is is finished with the 2022 draft class of the preseason, really for the last two months. So we can talk about guys all you guys want. Um, I know Matt and I have already put a few players for sure. Um, so we're in good shape now. And really for me and for our staff, it's focusing more on the why and why nots, focusing on, okay, what exactly are we looking for in this player when September hits? Um, and then diving into character and kind of trying to assess what that means and making school calls and, and talking to whether it's agents maybe recruiting these kids as well as college programs who know these kids very well to NFL teams may have better access than we do. So for us, it's really kind of dotting our I's and, and, and crossing our T's and making sure we find the right players because, you know, one thing that I think, you know, everyone wants to judge what's a better event, what's a better all-star game is draft picks. For me, that's great, but I don't I don't get to draft these guys three months later. I want to find the kids that I know they're going to be around the NFL for a long time. I think us in the NFL will see eye to eye on quite a few players, and we'll have, you know, 50, 60 draft picks for sure at least this year. But but finding the guys that will stick around for a long time, finding our Tom Brady's and our Brett Favre's and our Jimmy Garoppolo's, that's really the goal in mind, not necessarily finding who's going to be how many first-round picks we can get. And with the game being on NFL Network this year, are, is there going to be access to practice? Is, is it going to be televised throughout the week? I, I know the, the Senior Bowl has been, but just trying to get it out there. I know the game's in prime time, but will practices also be? 
Yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping to finalize what that's going to look like. I think it'll be a bit unique, you know, being that we haven't had practice before and a lot of things that Shrine Bowl hasn't had before we're going to have this year gives us a chance to kind of have a blank slate. So we're looking at some creative ideas on, on practice broadcast and, and what that'll look like, whether it's TV, whether it's something else, whether it's live, whether it's the, the senior bowl I know is delayed and kind of cut up for TV and maybe we don't do that. So no, certainly practice and game film access and even data and, and all that stuff access. I want people in the NFL, but also outside the NFL, because as Matt mentioned, I, I didn't work. I worked in media much more than I work with NFL teams. So I know that I want to kind of take care of the people that are fans and in the media for sure on, on having access. And again, learning from the Shrine Bowl and seeing it. You know, I talked to uh, someone who works in the coaching space just just the other day and and saying, hey, we'd love to see how an NFL you know, wide receiver coach installs this concept. That would be unbelievable content to see. And that's the kind of stuff that we want to kind of provide from the Shrine Bowl this year uh, because we have a great chance to kind of be, a, like I mentioned, a pillar in the NFL and college offseason and practice broadcasts and much more than that. Giving great access is really important to me. Speaking of access, one question I've been asked a lot is, uh, will practices be open to fans? And again, I, I feel badly that we're, we're comparing everything to the senior bowl, but that is the, the game where a lot of people have, you know, put their focus the past 10 years. And as you guys are, are starting to compete with that, whether compete might be the wrong word, but you're, you're doing your own thing, but, but folks are going to make that comparison. So I know that is a big thing, especially, you know, when you and I were getting started way back in the day, uh, it was nice to be able to go to the Shrine Bowl and as like a lower level media member, you had access. You had the same access at, you know, New Era Scouting or Optimum Scouting that you had if you worked for ESPN or Bleacher Report or NFL Network. Is that something with the Shrine game that you guys want to try to keep open to those folks who are getting started? I love the New Era Scouting shout out too. the old days, man. That was I, I almost <laughs> forgot what that was called. I had to think really hard. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Though there may be. Just with the schedule, there may be like one day where there's some limitations on that. But absolutely, I want fans and, and people that are trying to get in the media space to have a lot of access. Um, absolutely. We're going to be playing, pra having practice. Most of our practice at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders practice. So I can't let anybody off the street in because it's Vegas. I got to have a little bit of a credential process. But certainly, <laughs> um, but fans being there, absolutely. And I think I mentioned, you know, there's some stuff I can't quite say yet, but we're going to announce here in the next couple of weeks and months. But so many cool things I want to kind of bring to the game. I'm going to throw a lot of stuff at the wall for fans, for media, for NFL teams and kind of see what sticks. But certainly having fans and media experience the, the practices and the game in a really special way is important to me. We've got a 110,000 seat stadium for practice and for games. I'm not going to get that many people in there if I tried. So we'll have plenty of access people to get in there and watch practice, observe, see what we're doing. You need one of those card guys on the street in Vegas, you know, that's yeah. like slapping the cards, just, like, just handing yeah. out credentials, right? Like, you want to go watch football? You want to yeah, go watch football? Exactly, exactly. No, people, Maybe that's people in the Raiders all the Allegiant that. Stadium all the time just for tours. So not to mention a football game, people will love to go to that as well. But no, we certainly want, you know, I would love, just like the NFL wants, you know, people to go to Vegas to watch the Pro Bowl, to have Vegas be kind of a new, really important piece uh, in the football ecosystem. I want the Shrine Bowl that same way. If people make one trip, I want that trip to be to a great city like Las Vegas. So I'm actually going to be in Las Vegas for the uh, Labor Day weekend to watch the uh, kickoff game that is there because um, yep. my Arizona Wildcats are playing. But um, you said you can't say too much, but just curious, is part of this fan package the bottle service place that you can <laughs> sit and have fun and watch college football? <laughs> that's just where out of I need to be. You know, that's a great <laughs> question. I, my, my answer is, let me ask. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can do, but but no, if it's Vegas, right? And it's we had a it's a professional event, and and I take it very serious that this is because someone told me, you know, an NFL GM kind of gave me this advice really early on when I when I took the job is this is these athletes' first professional event, right? They leave college, 
So I got to make sure I get the professional aspect. But at the same time, I don't want to take ourselves too seriously in some ways and, and not have Vegas be what we're doing as well. So, no, I think tapping into the, the ecosystem, the lifestyle of Vegas, maybe not for our athletes 24-7. They should probably go to bed and not go to the, the poker room at night, and they certainly won't be. Um, but I think for people that are not there maybe as a full-on 24-7 professional and kind of enjoy Vegas a little bit, we want to certainly tie on what we're doing. And Las Vegas as a city has been awesome. And they want to welcome people coming in for this event in a really special way. So we got some we had some ideas planned, but I can't promise bottle service. Maybe for the two guys and a girl podcast, I can promise bottle service somewhere awesome. in my own pocket if I need to get you guys down there. But outside of that, we'll see what we can do. That's we need to start like setting up like, well, you, you want us to come to Vegas? We're gonna need to see some perks. If you if you get me some, some new scouting uh, apparel, then I'll I'll get you guys bottle Man. service. See what I can do. <laughs> I don't even think I got any of that stuff. I don't Was think we had any of it gear? ever. I don't think you could get merch made in 2006. <laughs> yeah, that's a name I hadn't heard in a, in a minute there. But um, Eric, you know, you talk about all the other stuff that you have going on with the Senior Bowl and with the NFL. Anytime you go to one of these cities, whether it's for the combine, the draft, wh whatever it is, there's always like this meetup spot. And, you know, again, not to keep mentioning the senior bowl but it's veets in mobile you know there's places in indianapolis what's going to be like the meetup spot for all these nfl teams because that's really where deals get done you know, it's the, you know the senior bowl's been has built a really great ecosystem around mobile that being said i think mandalay bay or caesar's palace is going to beat veets i would hope it does <laughs> at least from an event standpoint um so we'll, we've got plenty of meetup spaces that we'll have as well but but certainly fan and media experience is I mentioned earlier, it's not lost on me, right? I, I've worked in media for a long time. I've been to these events as media. So I have a great understanding, maybe more than a lot of people uh, that, that have done these before, that knows how important that is. And for me, I want people to experience it and love it because not only you come back next year, we're going to talk about what you learned at the Shrine Bowl or what you discovered at the Shrine Bowl for months in the draft process. So I want people to enjoy their time there. And then when they're at practice, getting a lot out of it because they're saying it's so, so worthwhile. So no, I, thankfully, Vegas is not short at all on hotel space or meeting space or places to hang out at night, too. So I'll make sure I we have plenty of opportunities. But I think it's a good point, though, having kind of co cohesive, organized, hey, fans can go here for the day um, or here for the night to, to have a drink and, and enjoy the talk about Shrine Bowl for sure is important as well. But we've got plenty of options uh, beyond just what, what maybe Mobile has to offer as of right now. If you need someone to come and figure out where that spot should be, I totally volunteer <laughs> to come out there and check it out and see what we I'll can take do. You up the on Chandelier Bar at the Cosmopolitan is also a great place. So I, I've, I've been, I, I will be out there quite a bit um, before, uh, you know, going to the Shrine Bowl and, and being there in late January, early February. But there's a lot in Vegas, so yeah. any ideas you have, I'll, I'll take them. Perfect. No shortage of bars to get deals done in Las Vegas. That is for <laughs> yeah. sure, right? You always yeah. hear about like the deals that go down at Prime and Indy, like Mello was saying, or like, you know, trade happened upstairs at St. Elmo's. And you're like, oh, I was, I was there. I, I saw those guys talking. So I'm sure now it'll be this, this went down at, you know, the crabs table at Caesar's Palace at three in the morning. There you go. Shrine week, you know, that's, it's going to yeah. be the new spot. All that said, Vegas is amazing. I don't know about going in September. I think Paige is crazy. I think Vegas in February is a beautiful place I to be. I Arizona. I'm fine. Yeah, I, yeah, still. It's just that's the surface of the sun. But <laughs> it's all about the players, really. And I think that's where I know conversations you and I have had about players. You guys, as you said, have done a ton of work. When does that process start for you in terms of actually inviting players or maybe it's already started where you're essentially recruiting these guys and selling them on the potential of 
as you said, this is a job interview for them. And as all the fun that we're all going to have out there, and it's going to be this great event for fans and media, but for the players, like this is their first opportunity to make an impression in person for a lot of them, at least. So when does your process of recruiting and, and offering players really start? You know, I think we talked to some some players already um, just to kind of make people aware of it. It's hard a little bit because we're going to announce a lot of very important things for players. And I mentioned earlier, you know, I think one way that that as an event in the football space, especially will be judged is by draft picks. But but I can't control that. What I can control is having an awesome event that's catered towards athletes. And I'm going to leverage my experience with the XFL. where We were very player focused, whether it was helping them in content creation or the XFL. We had every team had a brand manager. For, before it was trendy for these college programs. Every XFL team had a brand manager to help these guys on social media get marketing deals, opportunities as well, which is going to be a big part of what we were doing and having best-in-class resources and recovery tools and all that stuff. So I, for me, it's not really a sales pitch, and I think I want to be genuine and say, hey, here's what, besides the besides the very important NFL endorsement and, and partnership there, here's what's going to be there for the week of the event. And whether you're at the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, the Name your random all-star game after those three. Um, where is it going to be the best chance for you to be at your best, to be successful, and to meet people you have to meet, right? We're going to have all 32 NFL teams there. We're going to have 25, 30 NFL GMs, if not all 32 GMs, there at the at the Shrine Bowl. Guaranteed, right? I'm telling you that right now. So if you want to meet NFL GMs, we're going to have that. If you want to meet NFL scouts, we're going to have that. You want to be have practice broadcasts and NFL network broadcasts of games, we're going to have that. It's those other details as an event that I really care about uh, because players are smart. Right. Players are way smarter than when you and I were growing up, man, when we were in college. They they know exactly what they need and what they want and how it's going to help them build their brand. And I think between me being a bit younger, but also working with players closely, whether it's at the college level or at the XFL, I think I have a good pulse on what moves the needle. And I'm asking a lot of questions, people that are very smart to say, hey, I can't just pay a kid, you know, come to our game, please. Right. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sell them on, hey, this event's special. And this event not only is for a great cause and you can appreciate that. We're also going to take care of you better than maybe you'll get taken care of your first day of minicamp in the NFL. That's the kind of standard I want to have. And that's why we're going to be at the Raiders facility and the Raiders, you know, stadium. We're going to have these other great resources as well. So for me, it's a little bit of recruiting, but I hope that it's a lot more awareness about what we're offering. And then players can hopefully make their own decision. And I, I do think I already know right now there are top players that are, you know, going to make a decision between the Senior Bowl and Trine Bowl. And I think as that kind of gets out and more players kind of see that, um, I think we won't have a problem recruiting. It'll be more about deciding who's going to come and who's going to go where. First, I was going to say, if you want to name those players on this podcast, you totally can if you want to <laughs> give you the space for it. But um, no, you mentioned brand and all of that. And the landscape of college football has essentially changed forever with name, image, and likeness. I'm curious if you've noticed a shift in dealing with athletes and now their representation that they have a little bit earlier or is it not something you've noticed changing no it, it is and it's not something i've reached out to do right but a lot of nfl agents are representing players for nil which i think is great by the way i've done some work and i have a law degree myself so i know the nil space a little bit and i think agents were the obvious choice to help these players directly and you know i certainly can have better access to players again i'm not being proactive i don't want to be you know almost nefarious and these guys are getting you know, 50, 60, 70, $100,000 deals right now. They don't care about an all-star game six months from now right now. I try to keep that in perspective. But but certainly meeting these guys has been great or, or learning about their stories and their backgrounds earlier than ever. Because I'm not talking to the player directly, but there's more people that are working with these athletes than ever before, right? Before it was just the scout that went through there and then one person at the college I can deal with. Now, agents, marketing people, most of which are 
you know, as, as Matt can tell you, right, most agents are very good, right? Some are bad, but most agents are honest, respectful, hardworking guys that you can, you know, share information with and talk about. And I'm learning a lot about these athletes. And again, I stress they're unbelievably impressive um, as, as individuals at 22 years old. But I think most importantly, get a chance to talk to these guys and, and understand kind of where their head's at and what their brand might be and how they want to leverage that. And, you know, something special you want to do with the Shrine Bowl. So we can be really creative on that front. But learning more about these guys as people through NIL has been incredibly eye-opening um, for our background decisions, as well as trying to find ways to make them uh, maximize at the Shrine Bowl. And Eric, uh, thanks again for your time. I just have one more question for you that I, I just thought of as you were talking about that. In, and that is underclassmen with the Shrine game. Or yeah. I say underclassmen. I don't mean freshmen or sophomores. But uh, junior and graduate junior players, how will you guys handle that situation? Because I know that's a touchy subject. And it's yeah. so much deeper than like even – you know, there are conversations when you work in the media about when can we talk about a player who is not a senior. And there are conversations when you're working in the NFL about when can you watch a player who is not a senior and, and, and things like that. So how will the Shrine game handle the, the situation of, you know, declared underclassmen? Yeah, it's a hard. I mean, right now, too, the hard part is that technically everyone who was a junior last year is still a junior. Right. And guys that right. were redshirt juniors last year are still technically redshirt juniors. So the question is kind of who is who's a senior, who's not. Um, and more importantly, it's more about who can still stay in school, right? The, the reason NFL teams and, and really all-star games don't want to wait into that is because the NFL adamantly does not want players to kind of have their decision biased by a potential all-star game. And I think that's fair. I think NFL, you know, the all-star game wants to be separate. This should be a very important, you know, 20-year decision that you make to come out of college early if you have to, not a, you know, two months go to an all-star game type decision as well. But, you know, the current rule is that if you graduate by December, um, and you are, you know, four years in college and, and graduate by December of that year, you can play in an all-star game and we'll abide by that. And I think underclassmen will work itself out. Um, I think the NFL wants to be kind of diligent and patient on, on having underclassmen be more a part of the draft process. Um, so, you know, can I say we're inviting juniors and, and redshirt sophomores this year? No, we're, we're not going to. Um, but moving forward, I think there's there's obviously a change now, right, with with the, the Clemson quarterback getting NIL deals. He's basically a professional out there. Why can't he may go to an all-star game if he wants to? I think we'll work that self out with NIL. And I think, back to Paige's point, I think NIL will help a lot of this discussion kind of move forward on treating underclassmen, treating college kids and professionals much earlier. But, but to answer your question, outside of the rules already established, no, we will not be inviting redshirt sophomores, true juniors um, that aren't eligible for the all-star games, usually to our event this year. This is going to be the most confusing draft year so ever. So because I, I showed you, Matt, NFL teams, by the way, are split, right? Some teams are what we're doing is we're saying what were you what you were last year is what you are this year. Some teams are doing that. Some teams are saying we're just going to write up everybody and figure it out later. So it's it's <laughs> and it's going to be chaotic for like uh, three years now. So it's it's yeah. going to be a lot to figure out. So can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, also, can't wait for the Shrine game. And uh, very excited to follow along on Twitter, uh, following you, following the game, just to keep uh, in tune with all the updates. So uh, best wishes, man, and let us know where the party will be. We will be there. I'll keep you guys posted. I can't promise bottles for this page, but I'll do my best. Okay. And let me know how it is in September. Let's, let's touch base after this and find some good spots in September for sure. Perfect. Sounds great. All Thanks, right. guys. Thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.